Hey everybody, and welcome to the Skullcast, the premier podcast about Berserk from the community at Skullnight.net. I am your eternal host, Walter, and joining me today for episode 144 are uh, Zeal. Hello. Grail. Hello. And Gobola Tula. Hello, hello. If you notice a little audio oddity today, it's because we're doing things a little bit different. Because Gabolatula, Azil, and Grail are all in person on their side of the world over in California. The Golden Coast. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I'm over here on the other side of that continent. So they're in one room. That's what it sounds like. Let's just deal with it. Um, we wanted to record today because episode 374 just landed. And as you may remember, you know, we didn't do one on 373 because we didn't have a hell of a lot to say about it. It wasn't a, big, a lot of big developments. And now this time there's been such huge developments. We're like, we got to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got talked into this. I don't want to do it over here. Um, but before we get into that. I did want to point out that right as we finished recording the last episode, uh, 143, uh, a preview of Volume 42's cover drop. So we never got to discuss this colorful affair here. So um, without further ado, Volume 42 is out September 29th, and it's very colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of color going yeah. on. Flamboyant. Someone, someone made the joke before I had a chance to, but it is absolutely a Lisa Frank cover, like a Trapper Keeper early 90s unicorn penguins are happy that kind of like vivid neon colors that i don't necessarily associate with berserk yeah i mean you can say it doesn't make sense for berserk i mean you you can go ahead and say that yeah especially since the colors are wrong like guts armor is blue instead of being black like he's a black salesman casca's hair color is a wrong color Uh, griffith has pink hair and even the Beast of Darkness, it's got uh, kind of a fire in his eyes that also lights up his mouth like it's an empty... Like, basically, they confused uh, the Berserk armor with the Beast of Darkness and, and gave it that strange lightning. That lighting. And, I mean, I get the idea that it's just a cover, it's, you know, artistic liberty and so on, but I, I don't it's think... It's just a cover. I yeah, like yeah, I mean, Mura never took, like, Griffith's hair is always white, you know what I mean? It's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whitish, bluish, grayish, but yes. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like going pink is, you know, a step too far. Yeah. Oh, it's also far. confusing, I'll say, because, you know, I had made some funny jokes, accidents when I saw Griffith and thought it was Danon at first in a couple oh. episodes oh. ago. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now he's here with pink hair and I'm confused again. The transformation continues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I... <sighs> I come from uh, the the world of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where like the the color consistency just doesn't matter. I know obviously it it matters here because it's berserk, and obviously, you know these characters deserve the respect that they deserve. There's a precedent. Exactly. Yes, there is a precedent, and yes, I agree that the the Beast of Darkness. Doesn't make sense how it looks, but, but Griffith's pink hair and the colorfulness of the uh, of the cover itself doesn't bother me so much. Uh, but yeah, just that the, the other technical aspects do more so. I've seen guess- s- some fan recolorings of the. Um, the though I, yeah, I've seen some fan recolorings of this. That look much better than what I'm looking at right now. Uh, 
Yeah. I guess my thing is like, is it congruent with Berserk covers? Because they're slotting themselves into a series, you know? And it's not like it's just a cover, it's volume 42, which should be congruent with the atmosphere of the other covers, you know what I mean? Mm. That's what I think is jarring. Because if it was just, hey, cool Berserk fan art, I don't even know why I would say that about this. The composition is strange. Um, The choices are weird. Griffith carrying off Casca is the only relevant thing that happens here uh, in terms of the content. And as I said before, that's not something Mira always did. Not every cover was relevant to the content of it, but... It feels like Griffith and Casca is like the main information. Guts has to be front mm-hmm. and center because he's the main character. And the Beast and Puck are just filling up uh, empty space. Mm-hmm. And as far as the color consistency goes, like if there's a, like a specific tint to the overall piece, like it's bluish. And so even the white hair is bluish and even the, you know, black armor is also kind of bluish because the whole thing has this you know, general tint to it, why not? You know, or, or orangish, like I think of the you know, cover of volume eight. But uh yeah, in this case it's just it feels like very different and colorful parts that have been pieced together, which probably is how it was done. I don't I don't exactly care because I mean I don't I don't No, care. I know. It, it's a it, it's also we talked about the cover a lot, but I just wanted to say it's a pretty uncomfortable purchase to make for me. Like it's the first time I'm really wondering do I get it? Like, do I want it? Do yeah. I really want it? Yeah. I completely understand how you feel. Um, I'm, I'm not saying this to, like, shit on anybody who's enjoying this so far, but I'm personally not going to be getting it. Yeah. Yeah, I've determined uh, I'll probably buy it used just to, you know, spite Hakusensha. It's a bummer. It's, it's a, sad, yeah. It it's the, it's the road that led us here for the past two years or so, I guess. I guess it's only been about a year and a half since it launched, started. Yeah. They announced it back in <clears> May <throat> of last year. So it's been about a year and a half since this all started. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the only piece of news. It hasn't actually been that long since we sat behind the mic. So not that much is really happening. But uh, 374 is here. Before we get into that, uh, oh, we did skip a- you, You're oh. forgetting something really important. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new collaboration between Berserk and the mobile app game Million Monsters that was just announced. I mean, that's huge news to me. I'm really a big fan of uh, Million Monsters. <laughs> One million monsters. Yeah. I, so I, yeah, you know, if my tone doesn't carry over the audio, uh, I'm being sarcastic. But yeah, that was announced okay. uh, with episode 274, and uh, I have no idea what Million Monsters is. I just saw Where? this thing, and uh, yeah, it's I, just. I'm not being coy. Where was it announced? Oh, it's on uh, the title page. There's a little verb, you know, a little round thing. So on the cover, you mean? Yeah, yeah, on the on the color page, yeah. Okay. Fucking A. I never look at the cover. I just zoom right past that to the index. No, of the episode, well, so. I mean, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, Million Monster. It's, it's, yeah, it's not seen. Fantastic. You want million? You want to talk million monsters? There's a Dragon's Dogma two gameplay video that came out today. Ew. Now I'm excited about millions of monsters. Yeah, well, I, I mean that's they've done a bunch of uh, shitty uh, tie-ins, ties-in, oh, how you pronounce it. So they've done a, a bunch of these in the past, and they've yeah, always been worthless. So nice it is the it is the revenue generating part of the Berserk license that Haxencha just keeps on milking. Yeah, I'm gonna make a buck. That's how it goes. Okay, hey, we never did one for 373. So let's very quickly go through 373. I will say there is one important piece of development that happened in 373 that's mentioned in one sentence 
that we'll talk again in 374. So let's just table the magic bit. I promise we'll get into it. I mm-hmm. promise. Let's do it. All right. Episode 373. Serpico visits Isidro, who is acting depressed since the events on the island. He tells Isidro that Shirke is going to do a magic ritual, which needs everyone to be present. He also says the other magic users have begun to lose their power. But they are not affected because they were not part of the island. Inside the ship, Shirke has gathered everyone to lend their awareness to this ritual, in which she hopes to find Casca. She finds the world spiral tree's branches and seeks where it's coming from. Meanwhile, in the ship's hold, Guts is being taunted by a chuckling beast, saying that Guts craves power. But when Guts stands up, he thinks of Griffith leaping onto the Dragon Slayer like from their first duel, and he vomits. The beast says that Guts can't restrain him and that Guts should yield everything to him. Meanwhile, the Kushans invade the seahorse, dropping smoke bombs and capturing people on board. Everyone was caught completely unaware because of the ritual. The episode ends with the Kushans arriving at Guts' room where he's lying face first on the floor. Um, part of the reason we didn't record an episode because it kind of just tells itself, you know, part of the fun of doing a podcast is talking about different interpretations and how you read something or how, what something might mean. Almost everything that happens is very literal and it's hard to really like stretch it out. So yeah, I don't, I didn't have much to say and I still don't have much to say. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh gosh. Well, we were just talking about how Guts hasn't gotten up off the floor for the past several episodes. Yeah. So that is, that, that's really part of the, uh, disappointment of the last string, including the latest one. It's just, it feels like Guts hasn't moved and, you know, we're really, we're really hungry for some point of view from him that mm. we're not getting, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, the problem with these and the continuation in general is that very clearly, uh, Mori doesn't seem to have a lot of information to learn. So we, we go from plot point to plot point, but because they've got to make this into full fledged episodes, there's a lot of, Filler material is what I would call it. <clears throat> that doesn't really move the needle, doesn't bring anything to the table. You've got dialogues that's uncharacteristic and so on. And so since episode 270, Guts, yeah, has been laying down like that in the, you know, in that room. And so we got one episode of Casca, but that's four episodes of him doing nothing. Until, uh, yeah, until uh, 374, where something happens and they drag him out. But if you look at what happens in 373, so we do learn that uh, magic users of Elfhelm can't use their powers anymore, which is, like, doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess we can talk about it later. And we see Shiruke uh, find out that the, the branches of the trees gather at the trunk, which is, I mean, that's quite a discovery, right? Who would who have guessed? Wow, is that how trees work? Yeah. The branches go back... Yeah, to a, a single point. All of okay. the branches gathered to a single point. Very, very <laughs> hmm, interesting. <laughs> she definitely needed everybody's yeah. attention in the room. Everybody's consciousness. Yeah, they got, she gathered everybody's consciousness like Goku, so she could unleash this uh, this you know, powerful spell. How, so, here's the thing, though. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. No. They discussed the world spiral tree already. Yeah. Like when they when the episode, I think it's called Great Gurus is the name of the episode, 345 yeah. or 6 or something. They discussed it. They said, hey, this tree's here now. Yeah. And this tree is from ancient days. Yeah. And I feel like this has been covered. It's not a surprise that Shirke sees this tree. They've been seeing it every night as well. Yeah. 
I mean, very clearly, uh, this ritual, which doesn't make sense. Like, there's no reason gathering people's consciousness would help her do anything. That's not how magic works in Berserk, but... I mean, we could talk about this for three hours, but the point is, it doesn't make sense. It's only an excuse so that everyone's gathered and defenseless and concentrated on something, so that when the Kushans attack, uh, they're taken by surprise. And yes, one of the it's things a that, contrivance. Yeah, and w- w- you know, like everything else that's been happening in the continuation, and one of the things that bothers me is that this you know, portrays all of the characters as incompetent, stupid, slow... Uh, you know, even cowardly, as we've seen 374. And, and that's, I mean, what's the point of having the story continue if the characters are portrayed like that in very uncharacteristic ways? And so, yeah, you see the gurus being helpless, all the magicians being helpless. Serpico and Isidro are basically just empty husks. Uh, Gus is just lying on the floor. And so, yeah, that's why we didn't talk about it, because what is there to say, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I looked back at 373 last night uh, ahead of this release, and I noticed, I didn't notice before, Gedflin is just kind of there. Yeah, um, yeah. When, Sh- when Shirke is starting the ritual, he's not saying anything. He's got nothing to say. He doesn't have anything to contribute. He can't help Shirke because his power is gone. How the mighty uh, have fallen. <laughs> but this, it, who was introduced as this incredibly powerful, super connected to what happened in the past, has just he doesn't even exist anymore. He's Where like a, is his goat? He's not <laughs> even an. He's barely even an NPC at this point. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, yeah, he's he's not even there. His face is there. He's got nothing to say. He can't contribute to this conflict, and he's been effectively shooed off the stage by Mori because I'm assuming it's too much of a curveball to have these super power wielding people on the stage still. That doesn't compute for whatever Mori has planned. So he's just shooing them off. Yeah, go away uh, now. To to be very honest, I think he just like he didn't get to know what Mira planned for them, and because he doesn't know, he can't really utilize them in the story. So he's being yeah, he's reduced them to being just background faces. And what I'm curious about is why didn't he like why why are why are they still there? Why didn't they die on on Skellig? Why are they still around? Why are they, why are they preserved? Yeah, I mean, they could have all died on Skellig, but Mori probably knew that wasn't the plan, that they weren't supposed to die. So they're still there, but because he doesn't know what to do with them, they're useless. And that's a death in and of itself for them. Yeah, for real. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say about 373 that's weird is the line from Serpico about how um, magic users are starting to lose their power, which uh, I don't, we'll, we'll get to that because it's part of 374 as well. Um, but he says it's because, oh, it's probably because, and it's just Serpico surmising. It's the most authority we've been given on this topic so far. It's not much. He's like, oh, probably because, you know, we weren't associated with the island, but they were. I mean, Danon spent a pretty good, pretty heartwarming scene about how the island has accepted them. Remember that yeah. from 370, sorry, 364, I think it was. It was a final real episode. Yeah, and Zanon was like, "The island mm-hmm. has accepted you," and Shirke's like heart is warming, like, "Oh wow, we're part of the island now. It's accepted us." And Serpa goes like, "Nah, <laughs> nah." Well, I mean, there's also the fact, like, there's no reason, like, Serpa and Isidros have just got magical items. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, why would these lose their power? And it goes back to why are Puck and Ivarla still alive? Yes, are oh, still there at least, and and haven't disappeared. Like, Puck is literally from the island. Isma yes. was not from the island. 
Puck took a vacation from Elfhelm. Yeah. And he found Guts and came back. But now they're saying Puck's not part of the island. Uh, yeah. Is I that mean, how it works? Yeah. It all, it, again, it all comes back to uh, it's all a contrivance for what Mori wants to do. Uh, he's taking shortcuts to want to go where he wants to go. And I feel like he's not he's not bothering himself too much with the details. And I was telling uh, Gobolatio earlier, I think, you know, like it's probably a lot of pressure for him to come up with these things, or at least it was at the beginning. And I think he's like the way he works is he just, he just puts it out. He's like, all right, that's where it's going to go. And that's it. And, you know, useless to get your brain in a knot about it. Let's just do it like that. That's what Mira would have done it. Uh, I'm just putting it out and that's it. And the problem with that is, you know, if you are not extremely familiar with the story and you double check and triple check and that kind of stuff, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, that's, that's what happens. That's, that's what goes on here. There's, there's mistakes. There's things uh, that he probably thinks on the spot make sense to explain something. And it contradicts something else that had been established in the past. And yeah, I mean, and I feel like the more it goes on, the more we're going to see things that contradicts other things. And uh, yeah, that's kind of inevitable at this point, I feel like. Yeah. He, that was, it seemed like that. Sorry, it seemed like that was part of the mission statement in the beginning, right? How he said, you know, I'm not going to embellish. I'm not going to, you know, I'm only going to write what I know. Pretty much is what Maury said, right? Yeah, which sounds and, great. Yeah, like, it's you know, I'm all for it. It sounds <laughs> don't, don't great don't as it. a list of of uh, bullet points. Yeah, read. and uh, you know, um, this there's a lot of you know. Uh, flourish that's missing from this new uh, adaptation. Cinematic and storytelling. And they're trying though. And yeah, yeah, they are. They're, they're really stretching themselves, and I, I can see it. I can, I can for real see what they're trying to do. It's just often very incoherent. Mm. Is the problem? Unfortunately, um, it's it's they're starting their. You know, a lot of these. I don't know what their these artists' histories are, but it's like they're starting their first manga in the me- the middle of someone else's established masterpiece. The circumstances are very, very unfortunate. For yeah, them. yeah. You know, there's also the thing of you know, just because of the way they're walking, Boris providing like the the name of the storyboards, and he's providing them based on what he must have remembered or what he's decided he's going to do. And so, as we know, it's very, like, you know, bits and pieces of information, but not much. For example, he probably knew for the sort of 374, probably knew that Guts and Rickert were meant to to meet up at some point. And that, I mean, I, honestly, I, we also knew that. Like, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, they were going to meet up at some point and, and you know, go together and guess Griffiths. But because he didn't have the details and because, like, he doesn't know what was supposed to happen between then and, and now, and then he just shortcuts it to, well, you know, they just find them here and they got this, these ships and so on. <laughs> and so, and, and that's basically, like, that's one line. And that's something that could have happened already at the end of uh, 373. But because it's yeah, gotta be, point. because it's gotta be episodes. So on the other hand, you have the assistants. Now there are seven of them. They've recruited two more. These guys, they probably are like, I'm, I'm guessing they really want to, to make Mira proud, you know, you know, in the afterlife. And so they are, they're trying their best to do cool action scenes and detailed stuff. 
And because they don't have the liberty to, uh, you know, touch the characters because they don't know what to make them say, they don't know what to make them do. So they have these action shots of cushions firing harpoons and, you know, people swinging through windows and so on. But like, that's not the stuff we care about. That, that brings nothing to the story. It's basically filler. And so you've got this dissonance between very little story progression, very little character development, very little meat, but a lot of fat. And that's like, yeah, people are saying, oh, you know, the visual storytelling is getting better and some of the panels that went down and, and sure. But again, that's not like if it's if it's not in the service of the story, it's useless. Like, you know, there's a lot of very nice art that's got no story behind it. In a manga, you need to have art that's, you know, serving a story. And that's not the case here. And I think that's uh, the big problem with this uh, this project. Let's go ahead and do 374 summary just so we can get into it because we're, we're starting to talk about 370. There's no point in segregating it. Yeah. There's such there's such carbon copies of the same content that we may as well just get this over with. Yeah. Um, episode 374. <laughs> Rewind. We see that the Kushin hijacking of the seahorse was actually a pretty big operation with more than a dozen ships surrounding it. Serpico and Isidro are able to evade them by ducking below deck briefly. Inside, Serpico sees the chaos as the others are all captured. Azan, caught unaware and drunk, thinks to himself that the Kushans are about to get turned into mincemeat if they barge into Gut's room. But what really happens? Hmm. Nothing. It's not, it's not really clear what happens, but the scene transitions to outside, where, uh, what is it, Roderick puts it together that these are Kushans <laughs> who have boarded their ship. Uh, and then we pan away to see that it is actually Silat and the Bakiraka, sorry, the Tapasa, uh, le- apparently leading this operation. And then we end the episode with a little peek at a uh, little blonde boy cosplaying as a Kushan soldier. It's Rickert, Slapmaster himself, on board <laughs> the Kushan ship. He's come to so- slap guts. Yeah. <laughs> slap him slap some sense back yeah in slap some sense guy. back into him get out of it <laughs> stupid loser it worked the first time it works again you uh, wimp this episode is covers almost verbatim what happened in the last episode I guess if I had to say there's two additions right yeah and one is that Serpico and Isidro is it clear that they get captured yeah, they get, yeah, yeah. They, they get captured there's a shot of them it's very so that's, you know, when people talk about the storytelling, I would point to this. It's like, so oh. first thing is Serpico keeps forging his sword. Like he didn't yeah. have his sword on the island. He doesn't have his sword now. Very conveniently, so he can't actually fight. But for a man like him who's been established as a tactician and a strategist and, you know, very resourceful guy, even more dangerous than the goat and so on. And... He ends up being useless. That's kind of pathetic. And then he just swings over a guardrail and Isidro's like, wow, nice move. So that's pathetic. And all of this so that then he can't open a door because he's like face to face with the door. He notices that there's actually an onslaught going on. And then like five pages later, we see both of them got captured, presumably without a fight, which is for both of them, given that Isidro had his weapons. Uh, I mean, that's pretty pathetic. Why even have this little, little, little thing happen? You're going to feel the pages, man. You're going to feel the pages. Yeah, if don't feel get... bad, Walter. I miss them getting captured, too. I thought that was going to be the thing. Like, that's why we're focusing on Serpico and Isidra right here. Is yeah. because, hey, they got away. Hey, they're, now they have a separate storyline. Yeah. Whatever the fuck, right? 
They, um, they could like thwart the onslaught. Oh, yeah. Is that like that's the default assumption? Is yeah, they're gonna end, but no, no, actually they get captured like everybody else. But that's yeah. revealed in like this tiny ass panel. And I looked at this episode three times and I should have caught it, guys. I should have caught it. But I didn't see it. <laughs> so well, anyway. The problem yeah. was, Walter, is that you thought it was gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a weird episode because, again, they recover the same material. They really drag out this scene with them going into Gut's chamber, which is what we already covered in the last episode uh, yeah. ending. They really, really – like, one guy's like, I guess I'll have to go see. I'll get, I'll, I'll inspect it. And as they get closer, I guess the Dragon Slayer makes a little noise because he kind of maybe, – maybe he lifts it and drops it, and it goes dong, and he goes, oh, fuck. Um <laughs> And then nothing happens. Nothing yeah, happens. They're, they're all very nervous because they yeah. instinctively guess that guts is dangerous. Sure. That's one of the things like, why is this guy nervous? Why is they going after guts? Presumably, Rika told them to seek guts, but why is they here in the first place? How do they, why even are they know? Here? How are they here? Yeah, and how do they know that guts is in the situation he's in? Like, do they have a, a mind reader? And I get, you know, the, the easy explanation is, Oh, Daiba uh, has a dream, here. or Daiba tracked them with his magic powers, even though, like, he's never been established to have this kind of powers, and it doesn't really gel with what we know of his character, and also, even the timeline, like, even if they left to get to, you know, Skellig right after we last see them leaving Falconia, it doesn't really make sense, and also, don't they have their own problems to deal with? Like, all that stuff put together, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, so, but, you know, <clears> I mean... What makes sense nowadays in, in these episodes? There's, I just wanted to point out that uh, I had some time when I was looking at this trend, a little, little doing this summary, and there are uh, approximately 500 cushion here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they do show you a pretty up close shot of uh, the boat and the contents of the boat, which is about 50 people per boat. And then they show you the total number of boats, which is 13. So you can just do some quick math. It's a lot of people to be put out to sea yeah. for this little operation. Especially, yeah, especially since the, the, the little boats they use to board the seahorse, like they are not seafaring vessels. They need to have an actual either giant ship or several ships uh, to carry these people because you can't cross the ocean in something without a sail that mm. you, you just, you know. So, yeah, it's like, you know, I guess they managed to hijack a fleet of uh, cushion, you know, vessels or something that somehow we're ready to, to sail, you know, in the Western Sea, even though... And they weren't getting fucked over by sea creatures, which we had already yeah. established as soon as the worlds changed. There's this great little montage. It's right as Farnese and Shirke are you know, floating over the ocean, right? And they're seeing this new world, right? Uh, we see this little montage where this like this uh, fish gets eaten by a sea monster. And then that sea monster gets eaten by another sea monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it kind of stinks shit. in your head of like, this sits. This is fucked, right? Yeah. This is right before they arrive on the solitary island. Yeah. And then we cut to the pirates who were just yes. trying to follow the seahorse. And they immediately, like as soon as it uh, the, the the great, you know, wave of the astral world passes over them, they get killed by the, the sea god, basically. And, and the implication in this new world, if you haven't got a magic user with you, you're fucked. You're going to get you're fucked by any number of... Uh, sea creatures, uh, but yeah, I mean that's not addressed, and you know nothing is addressed. There's also one one thing that also I notice this, in this case is uh, this is a completely bloodless and toothless fight where everyone's captured without a fight, nobody's killed, nobody. Even though the Kushans are portrayed, so clearly because of what we've seen in 274, 
this is not an actual like attack. Uh, the Kushans yeah. are not actually enemies. They're just trying to get guts for some reason, but they are not going to slaughter anybody or, you know, take them as or whatever. So this is just artificially portrayed as, as an attack just to add tension, but it's completely like it's, it's bullshit. It's fake. Well, I guess you could argue it's bloodless because they were, you know, our, our gang was caught so off guard with all the shit that ha- happened on the island as much. But I, I, I think that Mira would have depicted the, the Kushan forces a lot more uh crafty and you know like it's like holy shit they just got that's the, dominated that's the greatest pirate like, i've ever oh, seen damn yeah i mean you know one of the things is if it was actually the bakiraka like silat and, and the tapasa leading and trying to take something furtively and quickly and like that they would have used their own men like the bakiraka clan specializes in this kind of stuff so why use some generic cushion soldiers that we don't know where they come from, when you could use your guys. And the, the answer is because if it had been the Bakiraka, people would have immediately known it, it's not a real attack and, and they are not go- actually going to... Right. Yeah, but they wanted to do it like that. And, and so... Yeah, they had to find some guy licking his knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. With several tongues out, too. Yeah, licking their <laughs> knives, having, like, uh, you know, pupilless white eyes and, and you know, uh, snarling and so on, even though they are not actually doing anything special. And, and, and even when Isidro actually kicks a guy down into the, the sea, there's this little panel where he's almost apologizing for doing so. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, he's probably all right. It's like, why would know, he think that? Why at the would time? he care? Why would he care? Like, it's because they know these guys are not enemies. So Isidro shouldn't be a bad guy. And, and so that's such a, you know, it's a, it's a logic that is so unlike Berserk. Like, that's yeah. never how things are portrayed in the series. Mira never is dated to have, you know, guy get cut in half. It doesn't matter if he's innocent or whatever. That's, that's how it's done. Yeah. And, and, and it is such a, you know, very opposite, you know, diagonally opposite from what Mira would do with Berserk that I, I had to point it out. The what? fact there's not a drop of blood and nothing's going to come out of it. Basically, it's just next episode, they're all going to be friends. And that's, yeah, that's you know, that was evident. Even in 373, it was weird how bloodless it was. Yeah. Because they could have come bursting through that and started decapitating people. Yeah. If, if what they wanted was the ship or something like that, then they would have just started killing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, even if the people are taken by surprise, they can still fight back. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a weapon, you can still punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it was weirdly bloodless even last episode. For a series like Berserk. When pirates come crashing through with smoke bombs, yeah. you're going to get fucked, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. though they were all gathered, like, so many, most of the uh, people on the ship were gathered in the white room. Why should they not have a weapon with them? Like, it's it's really, like, it's really contrived to yeah. make it easy for them to be captured. Yeah. The, the pupil thing. It's a small detail. It's just a little visual flourish for how to portray the Yeah, cushion. just to make them look more aggressive and evil. But it's in every single panel. It's like, it's it's relentless that they do it this way. It's not just in action scenes. It's when they're telling them to be quiet, too. When they're just human beings telling prisoners to be quiet. Why do they not have pupils in their eyes? Yeah, I mean... This is fucking weird. Yeah, well, you're never going to get an, an answer to that question. And, and what's funny is, like, typically, even when the Bakirak uh, soldiers are depicted without pupils, when they're, like, uh, you know, volume 18 at the beginning, uh, taking these guys... When Gus actually cuts one of them in half, 
Then they yeah. all show like, their pickles like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's such a great detail because it's like, these guys are fearsome, but then they become not fearsome and then they're like normal people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I mean that's the kind of thing you you know Mira would do that you can't expect for you know run of the middle uh, yeah I have a this is kind of off topic but there's this shot that I, I'm kind of obsessed with right now I can't figure out it's when uh, Gots is laying down and I, I I guess they chain him up there's oh, yeah. a panel of <laughs> these little busted up what I guess is busted up chains sure. and then the next panel they they're straight and all right so I question it let's lay it out for those that are listening yeah now. so yeah. so the first panel in this in this little sequence is a for first person a cushion is holding an intact chain yes with guts in the foreground yes uh the next panel is what looks like chains erupting yeah uh, with like they a are movement not, they're not just broken they are in the process of breaking and that's important they're yeah. in the process of breaking as if right now they're breaking and then the next panel they are shown as a series of chains in a straight line. Yeah, that are taut as if, you know, Tight. holding something back. Correct. As if they're pulling something or something is being dragged or whatever. And that's it. That's all you get. There's no more development there other than several pages later, you see Guts taking a step. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then there's another panel behind that where you see uh, some cushions are pulling the chains. And so what's implied is that yeah. Guts is being tied up and they're, and he's walking and they're pulling him and for a while and that's already you know like he had to be carried on board the ship and he couldn't even move his hand to do anything when when they barge into the room why is he not walking i mean even if they chain him up if he's lying on the floor he should stay lying on the floor yeah if he gets up why isn't he fighting back you know so it's kind of incoherent but yeah yeah, to to join go ahead i was just saying to join's point uh yeah the chains so what I'm guessing about with that scene is uh, they tried to do like thematically to evoke with a chain being used to bind guts uh, to to uh, go back to the beast of darkness breaking his chains, mm-hmm. which already didn't make sense because so the chains on the beast uh, was used when when Gus was uh, you know on the ship he was dreaming and sweating and feverish and so it's the episode called Roaring the Darkness and so the chains represent his affection for his friends. Uh, and that's what holds the beast back. And the idea is that when he's using the armor, because he cares for these people, he can resist its pull a little bit. And he, he wants to use that to use that, so this bond he has to these people, uh, to basically stay sane while using the armor at full power. And then where, you know, on the solitary island, he, he does use the armor and then, we see that the chains very quickly start breaking up and start getting dangerous. And then the boy intervenes and by showing him Casca, he's able to get back to normal with Shuriken and so on. So the idea was that it's something used to prevent him from losing his mind, the armor, uh, and it's his relationship with his friends. And so here has been completely like, you know, brushed aside and it's just the chains are breaking because he's sad that he couldn't, you know, kill Griffiths. It doesn't make any sense. And so all of this to say that now in this episode, you see the chains breaking again. Again. So, they, by the way, they've been breaking every couple episodes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing it's just they're meant to be broken, but they're showing in the process of breaking, which doesn't make sense. And then they're, they're fixed suddenly. And so the idea is... Uh, oh, I, th- I think... Okay, I think... You cracked yeah, the puzzle? I think I might have cracked it. 
Let's bring it. I'm uh, okay. I'm sitting. So the broken chains. That's abstract. They're figurative chains here. Yeah, figurative chains being broken. And the background is it's all wavy, kind of like the Beast of Darkness. Like his fur. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, okay. And then the following chains, the the panel after that's literally what's happening. I would assume. That's like in the real world. Those are real chains. Yeah, they're pulling yes. guts forward. Yeah. So it's just one little glimpse of the figurative chains being broken. I suppose. I, I guess I, I, that's maybe what's happening. I don't I, know. If the chains on the Beast of Darkness were to be broken, wouldn't that mean that guts is extremely dangerous and wouldn't be able to be restrained very easily? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, based on that, what you would assume is that next episode he's going to go crazy. Yeah, and, and then, in fact, I was going to say, hey, maybe, because there's a sense of rising action in this scene because they're so scared to touch him. Yeah. There's like this, you know, oh my God, what's going to happen feeling in this scene, which ultimately nothing happened. Which right? doesn't make sense, by the way. Why it's would unrealized. They, why yeah. would they know that, even if Rickert is with them, why would Rickert know that Gus is dangerous at this specific point in time? Um, I mean, they just saw the sword, I think, right? And they just saw I'm, the sword. And uh, like, oh, I don't think, I mean, the sword, yeah. What about the sword, though? It's... It's He's big. a guy lying on the floor. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just. Well, my, po- guess- my point is, there's a sense of like something's about to happen, and then nothing happens. So then, when those chains break, I got a sense as a just a you know a, re- a reader of oh, something I, cool is about to happen. Just to be clear, that's been the same thing for like five episodes. Something's <laughs> about to happen. Oh no, it's just Gus lying on the floor again. Yeah, but then in Paris, as you say, yeah. they are already pulling the chains. So I agree with you, and my expectations in the previous thing is like, well, the Christians are going to make Guts go crazy and they're getting out of his rut. But then Rickert is there, so Guts is not going to be killing Rickert, right? So, you know, one thing that might happen is, I guess, is he starts getting crazy and Rickert does slap him. <laughs> and, and then that gets him back to his senses, and that's so stupid that it might actually be what they do, because at this point, all they can do is, like, repeat things that have been done in the past. So, you know, I wouldn't dismiss that at all. Place your bets now, folks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I do think it's a little strange that we're talking about the Beast in this way, because, as we've said a couple t- episodes now, the beasts should not have any appetite right Yeah, now. sure, yeah. Like, I because... Mean, I think it's being glossed over even by the people that do the series, to be honest, because what the beast does to guts is it kind of taunts him and it teases him and it exploits this inner feeling that guts has. And it it rides that feeling that guts always has, which is to fuck shit up and fuck people up and fuck Griffith up. I mean, yeah, it rides that feeling, it exploits it to the point where it can take over. I mean, very specifically, the beast's goal that he always strives toward is to kill Griffith. It wants Gus to, to, to set everything else aside, to focus on his revenge against Griffiths. And so what happened here is that Gus tried to fight Griffiths and you know, couldn't do shit. And he's so depressed about it that he can't even get up. He, he lies face first on the floor. Yeah, in that context, you know, the beast should be, I mean, we've said so before, it should yeah. be defanged, it should be unable to get up, it should be like with a broken pole, licking its pole like a little puppy or something. Yeah, it shouldn't be a threat. Yeah. Like, quite clearly, it shouldn't be a threat. It shouldn't be on the stage at this moment. But it is. It's being threatened since they got to the ship. I think I've said so before, but my my interpretation is that, you know, it's worse what it's worse. It's just my my thoughts. But 
I think Mori just you know got out of the island too quickly, like the, because he moves the story too, so so quickly out of the island. The potential for uh, guts that's out of control and can't be reasoned with uh, is not being addressed properly. Like imagine, so guts loses against Griffiths, but he he used the armor because I mean you know he's gonna see Griffiths gonna use the armor, right? Now Casca's been taken away. Shiruke, she can't just asteroid project and penetrate the armor anymore. We saw that on the solitary island. She couldn't get in because the, the flow of her had, be- had become so strong. Mm. Now, the boy can't in- intervene because Griffiths just mm-hmm. took off after the... So, no boy, no Casca. Yeah. Gats is literally impossible to reason with. He's roaming, like, in the, on the island, it's only, like, nice people. So, what's he going to do, you know? It's a, it, that is an interesting dilemma. Yeah, it just I doesn't mean, make sense for the beast to take over right now. Yeah, yeah. But so, and so at that point, that's interesting. And then you've got, you know, maybe Shiruke's like, no, no, guts, guts. He turns to water, he tries running, then Isidro throws a stone at his back, and he turns towards him, and he, you know, and they have to escape, and he's become dangerous. And then, you know, whenever they manage to get him back, maybe the Skullite intervenes, Dan, whatever, whenever they manage to get him out of it, it's like, you almost killed your friends. And so that's the point was like, okay, I, I've kept saying, you know, it didn't matter, and so on, but, you know, Okay, now I've, I realize I've made a mistake by taking this too lightly, and maybe he even kills I don't know whatever an elf or something. So the point is that's a development for him. We get to see him without Casca, without the boy, dangerous in the armor, and he wakes up. He's like, "Oh God, what have I done?" And also, God, Griffiths just took you know Casca in front of me. I couldn't do shit, and then he's depressed, and he doesn't dare use the armor anymore because it's dangerous, and he starts having serious doubt about himself. And, and he's, he's in a, in a rut. And so it's a, it's the same situation, but you see what it's done. It's like, it's completely differently done. It casts a completely mm-hmm. different light on everything. Instead of being like, Oh, my sword, my sword has betrayed me and, and, and being, you know, a pathetic loser that lies face first on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and so it's all a matter of when it takes place, how it takes place, how it's executed. Uh, yeah, I rest my case. Yeah, I can see how the pacing could be really compelling with that. And also, Hanar would be somewhere in there. Yeah. Hmm. Probably, I mean, probably hmm. if he didn't vanish. Yeah, I mean, you're on the island, there's so much stuff you can do. And you can still have the island get destroyed in the end. Mm-hmm. It can be by, you know, faceless, you know, ghost monsters that kind of out of nowhere. It can be by something else. You can still have that take place. But over a longer period of time, we've more, you know, conflict and strife and, and people fighting for their lives and so on. And so a lot more interesting things can happen if you just take the time to do it. But yeah. because Mori doesn't have the details, she couldn't do it. He had to compress it. And that's, again, that's, that's kind of the problem with this project. And that's a problem with what we saw from uh, 370 to 374 is we get, you know, reruns of the same stuff, people talking about nothing, you know, saying useless information, trying I think to just... they're cushions. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Roderick spending like four pages being like, hmm, based on their recruitment and the fact <laughs> they've got brown skin. And it's like, you know, he's seen cushions before. He was in Britannis. He's a mm-hmm. naval officer. Like, he knows who the cushions are. He should have recognized the cushions right away. I mean, this entire situation shouldn't be happening. And the fact they are like that, it shows, you know, it's one of my problems with it. They are making every character into an incompetent idiot from guts who's in that such a state to a point where it's, it's, you know, ridiculous to everyone else, like Serpico, Isidro, whoever you want. The ones that gets, uh, 
done the dirtiest is Azan, you know. Azan's a guy who's super dutiful and so on. Yeah. He's he's a drunk, he's a coward, he's lazy. He's shown being like some kind of dereliction of duties. That's like, you know, really the straight opposite of his character. And, you know, I feel like ever since the continuation started, they just portrayed him you know, as this kind of lazy bums who just get drunk. And, and I think it's just because, you know, when that they do one that... Time, that yeah, one time he had a yeah, drink. They do that was, was at one party, in, yep. you know, in Elfham, and he's shown drinking as a dwarf, like everybody else. Yep. And, and that's his character. It's like, no, that's not his character. You check... His actual character. It yeah. drives me crazy, actually. He developed alcoholism. Yeah. It's like on heroin next episode. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> where his journey has taken him. He's going to be uh, snorting uh, Oxycontin, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It's for my pain, you know what I mean? My, my knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Azan yeah. just doesn't... It's a very un-Azan sequence of events here. Yo, um, which girl? Uh, you got any Xanax? Yeah. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask. This is kind of random, but um, why does Azan give a fuck if Guts chops up people? Yeah, in th- yeah. I thought the same thing, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you better not go in there. You're gonna get eaten. It's just he's like, like he's like, oh no, these people taking over our ship are yeah. gonna get killed. You know, it's why? just for the reader. It's it's exposition in case you forgot three seventy three. They got yeah, in there. and That's and it. the thing is, like the guy writing the dialogue knows that the Kushans are not the bad guys, mm-hmm. and so much like Isidro is like, oh, oh, sorry, I, I dropped that guy into the ocean. I hope he's fine. Azan is like, oh, uh, they shouldn't go in there. They might, they might get hurt. <laughs> and that's because next episode is like, hey, we're, to, we're all pals. You know? Now we're drinking together. Yeah, the Kushans, we all like tear off their mask and the old nice guy behind them. Uh, it's like, they yeah. all have pupils all Their pupils yeah. emerge. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was all a joke. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> we weren't sure you guys weren't, you know, dangerous. So, oh, yeah, Jesus. it's kind of, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. Hey, we knew this was going to happen when we decided we wanted to do a podcast about 374. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, what else are you going to do, right? But yeah, what's crazy, though, is, again, very little story development. Like, only the last two pages, basically, we see some some new stuff. Like, you could count it in panels. Yeah, you got it. Yo, let's, let's talk about that. So, in the last two pages, it's, first of all, 19 pages of a recap, like, straight up a recap. Like, straight up, nothing new happens in 19 pages. Different point of views, yeah. same action. We uh, see the guy... Pulling the lever that shoots the harpoon. Yeah, totally. You know, we see barrels floating in the waves, you know, you know, the important stuff. The last two pages, we see through the fog or the mist, not Ganeshka mist, mist, um, Silat and the Tapasa behind him. Great. We, I haven't seen all four of those guys together in a, in yeah, a long time. Yeah, and you know, right? wouldn't you think that if Silat were to go on an expedition like this, he would leave two of the Tapasa to lead, to, lead the, to lead the fortress at the HQ of the Bakiraka. It's a good point, Azil. I don't know why everybody's gathered here except to say, remember these dudes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, and I mean, Daiba's got to be with them somewhere in, in, the, in, in their ship too. So it's just, yeah, it's one of these things where, you know, someone didn't think it's all the way through. And it's, that's too bad because just, you know, a guy like me can do that and I'm just... I'm not well, even thinking about it. You know it's, I mean? it's very clear that we're thinking too hard. Because, like, I think it was um, <laughs> well, many people pointed at out. Our, our regular level, it's them. Yeah. It's them that's not thinking. Yeah. Enough. What I'm wondering is, is Maury, um, I wonder if the pro- the writing process for Maury consists of, okay, episode number such and such, this happens. 
next episode, this happens. And the I wonder if Studio Gaga is left to kind of be like, oh, shit. So episode number 374, uh, Rickard shows up. I guess we got to fill in the space with, uh, I, what do we fill it with? Oh, I know. Let's let's have uh, <laughs> same thing happen again. Yeah, oh, right. does he saying like the do flow. storyboarding though? Yeah. No, no. I don't, oh, does I don't he know. do the storyboard? I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I, so you know, we don't know the exact process, but uh, Maury shared on Twitter a picture of a very rough storyboard. Uh, it's guts uh, on his knees, lifting his hand uh, when he was on the island, and so based on that. I was like, well, now we know that Maury does a storyboard, or at least part of them. And it makes sense because he's, he's created a supervisor. So he's going to be the one doing the dialogue, presumably, mm-hmm. and, and setting up the course for the story. And that's why, that's what he said and, and so on. So, but yeah, to your point, John, uh, I think quite possibly, like, he storyboards very roughly. Mm. And he's like, all right, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And maybe like, oh, there's four pages, uh, you guys, you know, whatever you want. I mean, I don't think he's not doing like, uh, because <laughs> whatever he, you want. In, yeah, in Nemo's, you know, you got, uh, stages. And when you see Homura did it, you can see that when the inking took place, it was very, very detailed. I think Mori does a very rough, uh, you know, storyboarding, and then leaves it to the assistant to to fill it out or whoever they want, basically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Back to uh, Rickard and Isidro. Those are the last two pages revealed that Silat and the Tapasa are there, and then we the, the episode ends with a shot of Rickard among the other Kushan soldiers, dressed like a Kushan. Yeah. Why? I, why is he? Why is I, he disguised as a Kushan? I don't know. It's because yeah, it's that because they're in the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> Is, I, let me tell you, it's because when the uh, when the women were taken up by Raban from from uh, Wyndham, they were these guys as cushioned. It's like, hey, we can do the same thing again. Have a but brown why? guy in a cushion costume. But why? why yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it looks cool. To be they know fair. that he's to not. To be fair, it looks. It's a cool. It's a outfit. bad costume because it's. I mean, it's a. It's a bad disguise. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's. Hmm. Is it a disguise or is this just what he wears nowadays? I, I guess think maybe he converted, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, pretty much a disguise so that they can explain why nobody noticed there was this guy in the midst of the Christian Jesus aggressors. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, Silat's uh, apparent position of leadership is is strange. First of all, hey, big Silat fan, big to, big Tapasa fan. Yeah, um, I think it's great that they're back. <coughs> Seriously, I I want to see what they do. It's just you're not weird. going. You're not going to see them do anything. Just, just <laughs> It's just weird to me that they are leading these soldiers. It feels like it's a misunderstanding. That's my problem with it. It's like, did you not know that the Bakiraka were basically outcast? And they yeah. Basically, they were outcast, and they yeah. were only working with the Kushans on a particular agreement that kind of circumvented all the other like you know caste system stuff within the Kushan society. To say, hey, you got one last chance. You nab Griffith, you guys are back in. Otherwise, fuck you. That was it, right? They're yeah. outcasts. And even though Ganeshka gives them a chance, I mean, we see it in chat. You've got that random moronic general who's like yep. literally wiping his feet on Silat's face. Yep. And then Silat gets up and grabs an arrow that was going to kill the guy. He's like, what the fuck? I didn't know these guys were so strong. 
But yeah, the, the, the Bakiraka are not respected by the general Christians. You know, and you look at India, there's a caste system. It's, it's, it's kind of a reference to that. They are outcasts, mm-hmm. they are exiles, they are not respected. They are not the kind of people, and you know, you would think like in Fantasia, you know, the world has been appended, people are flocking to Falconia. In this case, the social order is changed, but yeah. I bet you if there's exactly one kind of people who still wouldn't want to, you know, it's exactly that kind of thing. People wouldn't flock to outcasts from their previous thing because they still would disrespect them. Mm. Like that's the least likely case to me. Whereas, you know, uh, for example, people from Tudor might like people from Midland and so mm-hmm. on, but I bet you, you know, the people, other Christians wouldn't have been a fan of, you know, being under the orders of uh, Silat. So, mm. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Now, someone had brought it up, in the, and, and many people said, oh, Kushans, I guess we're going to see Silat. And at the time, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on, guys. That doesn't make any sense. And then it happens. I'm like, I guess it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I should have... Never explained why it doesn't you know, make sense. Yeah, it's it's what Grief said uh, in the last thread. He was like, well, it is the stupidest possible thing to do, so it's probably going to be the one that gets done. And I was <laughs> like, you know what? You're probably right. And, you know, he was right. That's exactly what they did. Because it's, you know, it's it's so simple. It's, it's incorrect and stupid for the story, but it's the simplest, shortest, most direct way to reconnect Guts and, and Silat. And so that's what he's done. And I, and of course, even he didn't expect that uh, probably Silat would be actually leading this, you know, onslaught and so on. But, you know, I mean, why not? After all, why not? If you're going to do it, just go all the way. Much like, yeah. you know, you put, uh, you know, Falconia by the sea, you know, let, let's fucking go. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking today was they just shortcutted. Uh, that's it. Like, that was the other major development we had in our pocket in terms of reader expectations was... Well, I guess Guts and Record will eventually meet up, so that's going to be further down the line once they get back to the continent. Whoop, nope, fuck that. Bend space-time, Paul Atreides style, here we go. <laughs> From this point to this point, cut out all that bullshit in the middle. Here we are. <laughs> um, I feel like I should say something positive sure. about this episode. Um, I'm happy to see that... I'm happy to see all the witches that where, like, Shirke's friends on the island are okay right now. Uh, and especially the girl I like to call Double Susie from Little Witch Academia. Uh, the girl with both of her eyes covered by her uh, hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For anybody who's seen Little Witch Academia, you'll know what I'm talking about. But there's a character... There's a character with one of her eyes uh, covered by uh, her hair. Yeah, I was trying to remember her name as well. It's not Kuka. Kuka is the black-haired girl. Yeah, Kuka is the one with uh, with the pigtails or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, I like the little tubby kid. He's awesome. It's Tune. Uh, Yeah, it's Tune. I can't remember the girl's name, though. Oh, well. I don't remember. If we're doing the one positive thing we liked about the episode portion of the podcast, I liked uh, that the chainmail was hand drawn. Oh, yeah. You can see it up close at <clears> the <throat> very end. Well, I mean, they've got seven people now, so yeah. they can do the details. Yeah. I'll, I'll do another positive, Roderick, and this is actually one of Grail's positives that she mentioned earlier. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't read. Uh, I just feel like such a shithead for saying this, but I, I didn't 
read this episode until we started the podcast just now. Um, <laughs> man. But I agree with Grail. Uh, Roderick does look handsome compared to <laughs> how he looked. Like you heard it here first, folks. Roderick yeah. is handsome. He took. Right. Wait a minute. He took his shirt off, and that didn't do it for you. <laughs> okay, so the fat boy is actually Yoni. Yoni. Oh. Okay, so Tune is. Oh, Tune is. Uh, the girl. Might, might, yeah, might be the yeah, yeah, the tall yeah. one. The girl. With, uh, <coughs> okay. We also have this um, like a young adult romance novel cover a picture of Serpico and Isidro. Starting oh, yeah. out this uh, this episode with he's just kind of looking over at Sidro kind of in an interested way. Hmm. What's over well, there? One boy? thing one thing we didn't mention is that uh, there's a new chapter. Oh right, right. Oh, right, go right. for it. Yeah, yeah. So we finally got a new chapter title, which is Chapter of the Odyssey to the East. So maybe you guys are familiar with the Chinese story Journey to the West. Well, now it's Odyssey to the East. Oh ho ho! It's gonna be a monkey. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no arc title and they don't, they are not doing like, you know, the arc chapter episode title like, uh, it was done, you know, in last time. It's just indicated on the, on the color illustration, you know, that serves as a mm-hmm. title page. Will we ever see <laughs> atomic level font that they used? <laughs> yeah. Will we ever see it again? I don't know. But in any case, we got, so we got this new chapter title. No new arc. Um, Odyssey to the east. So, I mean, Falcon is to the east of where they are now. So you would think it doesn't really make sense. I mean, it's not, it's not that it doesn't make sense, but it's nothing really new, basically, to say so. But the journey since, to the east is the continent, just to be yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, going to the east, you know, they're getting back to the continent and Falconia, which is where Casca is and where the seat of Griffith's power. But then, uh, you know, at the end of the episode with Casca, we yeah. saw that... They're going east, uh, too. <laughs> Griffith was like east. What the and, fuck is even going to happen? And, and so... Sure, because, oh, sorry to go on. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so... You know, Griffith, I guess, is going to the east to do something, and uh, you know, maybe the group will also go to the east. And I guess, I don't know, maybe they grab Casca on the way. Who the oh fuck no, they grab Casca. We have to turn back west now. Now go west. Yeah, That's I mean, that was the thing. I was like, are they going to go someplace east, then come back to Falconia <laughs> for the final battle, or is Falconia now unimportant? And they just, who, who the fuck knows? But my my, my comment on this is that. Like, if we're thinking about the end of the story, you know, like it's a final stretch. Yeah. Odyssey to the East is not very climactic, you know, mm-hmm. anything. Like, I mean, I, I was thinking you know, it could be like the edge of darkness. Now it's Ooh. just Odyssey to the East. So, but then again, no like faith in you, chapter titles at this point. Yeah. If you look at the episode titles Morris has been doing, they are a fucking mess. They're like, it's like, I, I don't honestly don't know what he's doing. So, uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. The, t- the episode titles feel to me like someone punching above their weight in terms of trying to say something yeah. like significant and poetic. Yeah, and they can't much, quite yeah. thread all those needles. So there's just like, here's just a whole shitload of words. Yeah. And to be honest, so I'm, I'm not, I'm never arrogant about my level of Japanese understanding. I'm, I'm not at all fluent. I'm not, I'm not even good at it. I only specialize in understanding specific berserk related stuff. But even for someone like me, like it's immediately clear the level of dialogue and, and writing more is doing is, is really poor. And that's both pretty shocking and, and pretty depressing because like he's obviously not super gifted in that regard. And like you said, it, it feels like he's punching up of his weight and 
don't know if he's not trying very much or if he's just, you know. He might be delegating that part of it, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe he does. Maybe he's also telling the assistants, hey, you guys just fill it in. It's like me back in middle school writing poetry about why my parents don't understand me. <laughs> yeah, it's... Even know. that would at least be from the heart in the way that this does not feel. This feels very stilted and arbitrary, like yeah. what they're saying. Why they're saying full, uh, two full pages of, guys, I think these are cushions. What? The same cushions that were in Vertanis? Yes, Magnifico. I feel, I feel so bad for talking shit about, I don't know... Berserk, uh, quote unquote. Yeah, for, you keep saying that. You've said that for several well, episodes, no, but it's like I know, I know, I know, I know. But I know that people are enjoying this, and and for those listening who do enjoy this, you have every right to enjoy this. Oh, they probably stopped. But I'm noticing right now. <laughs> too many boxes now. I'm I'm looking at the the painting of Serpico. I'm looking at at that damn box behind. Oh, yeah, time to create zero yeah, pages. To create. And there's a bunch of those same crates, but it's like, it's like they have a modeling program. Yeah. There's placing assets randomly around. I mean, that is, that is most likely what they actually do. I've been, I gotta be honest. I've been looking for that sort of stuff. Like where are the stamps? Yeah. I look, I look for barrels every episode. There's barrels and there's, there's crates. And, uh, another thing is on that, that painting, that chapter, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, well, yes, chapter painting. chapter. Yeah, sure. It works this time. Uh, the new this chapter painting, uh, Serpico's way too neon green. And I, I feel bad for pointing that out because I just uh, gave a standing ovation for Griffith's pink hair. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, yeah, he does, a, he does have green hair, hair, yeah. I would say, though, Sugimoto is a guy who does a painting who has the most recent hire before they got these two new guys. He's, you know... I feel like he's a pretty good artist, all in all, and uh, probably I'm guessing, you know, out of all of them, he's the one that might actually have a shot at actually becoming a mangaka proper, doing his own work right. in the future. Obviously, you never know, like, you gotta have an idea, you gotta have a story, you gotta have characters that are compelling and so on, but otherwise, he's pretty good. Uh, I'm guessing Kurosaki is still the one that can, like, if he really focuses, can really get the likeness of the characters the best. Like, it's clearly not something he can do easily in, like, every panel so on. But when he focuses, you, you can tell that he, he manages to, to get it pretty pretty good. So, uh, but, but, yeah, Sugimoto, I feel like, you know, he, he's pretty... He's a, he's a pretty decent artist, and I hope he manages to get his own work published in the future. But, yeah, that, that you know, that, you know, color page is not... Yeah, so it's not exceptional. With Serpico and Isidro, which is, it seems to be recreating what happened in the last episode, 373. Yeah. Episode 373, that scene started with a look at the moon. Just wanted to point that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very bright, very bright setting for the moonlit scene in the painting. Oh, yeah. You mean, the, yeah, well, I mean, at this point. Mm-hmm. It's a little yeah. sliver. Of, yeah, you're right. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about something that kind of came up in the chat briefly today, which is like, what do we think is actually going to happen? Even if it's so, here's the thing. I didn't, I didn't see any reason we'd see Silat in this episode. Here he is. Or Rickard. Oh, there he is too. I, I don't see any reason the beast should uh, start poking around and beating shit up. But hey, do I think that's going to happen? I do. I do think it's going to happen. Well, I think... 
That being said, the episode title is something like uh, The Sleeping Beast Calmly Guarding Something We Don't Know What. And <laughs> it has a, there's an interrogative component to it. So it's like, is it is a sleeping beast guarding something? Well, so it's so it's very it's very clunky, but the point is sleeping beast and calmly guarded guarding something. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't evoke uh, something about to go down, and you know she's about to eat the fan. Maybe it will uh, anyway. I mean, I'm not predicting anything, but you know it doesn't really hint at uh, situation de- degenerating. I I'm not going to read into the chapter t- the episode title. Yeah. I can't. I can't rely on the episode titles. As I, I'm reading it, just as a again, the sense of rising action, the sense of them putting him in the hold for so long and teasing the beast multiple times. I can't yeah. imagine that there's no payoff to that or no moment for that. Yeah, you uh, would expect. You would expect that he's going to to go off at some point. But then again, Rickert is there, so he's not going to kill Rickert because the cushions are nice. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean. Is he going to kill the cushions? Why not? I mean, Why not? Sure, I'd like that. That'd be a change of pace. There's certainly a lot of them, you know. Mm, 540 uh, of them. Yeah, they wouldn't be missed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, Rickert is there, so. Yeah. And, I mean, it also, you know, it's back to saying it doesn't make sense that the beast would be bad. Who cares? There's no point at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. You know, I- I'm, I'm thinking back to... My, my, you know, point of view when this project started, which was that, you know, no matter how they do it and it's imperfect and so on, at least so long as we can get some nuggets of, you know, intent from Mura and what he wanted to do, uh, that's valuable for us to kind of, to try and, you know, re- you know recreate, uh, maybe a more detailed story or at least what? get some food for him or imaginations to do it and, when I read these episodes, I can't, like, like this one, for example, I'm like, this never would have happened. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, again, you know, Guts and would have met up with Rickert and Silat and so on at some point in the series. I don't need anybody to tell me that. I already guessed it long ago. But it would have been, it wouldn't have been like that at all. So, you know, reading that, I'm like, I, I get nothing from this. I yeah. get no, no value from it at all. Yeah, that is the, the nugget. If you had to wash off all the crap, the the nugget that would be left behind is Rickert yeah. and the group are joined. Yeah, we we get confirmations that yes, the, the group is joining with Rickert and the Bakiraka. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's not very valuable in in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I do feel like so far. Um, we've gotten maybe like a literal handful of, of bullet points yeah. from the start of this new project. And uh, I, I do think that, you know, maybe, maybe writing those bullet points down, just like what happens, like, okay, they meet up, blah, 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 blah. We can... I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm guessing maybe I'm going back to my point of reading a list would maybe be more preferable. To, to it's the same thing we've said since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm which is, if they myself. can't tell a coherent story with the remaining bullets, then they shouldn't tell it. They shouldn't tell it in this way. It's the way they're telling the story is where we hear, feel this, these points of friction, which hurt the feeling of the story. 
Yeah. All right. So what do we what do we think happens next? Mm, beast mode. What is the <laughs> most straightforward possible answer to that question? We got to put on our dumbass hats to figure this out. <laughs> honestly. Um. Uh, well, I don't know. I I know what I kind of. If if there were any time for the uh, a potential Barry uh, activation to happen, would it happen now? What would what or would Guts want? Or like, would it that 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 be after a potential tragedy caused by yeah uh, yielding has to, to the the beast and seeing God forbid Guts. Oh, I don't even want to think about I mean, it. But, but what if he kills his friends, you know? What if Guts goes bananas and... and oh, gosh. And just hacks every everything to pieces. And all that's left is... I, I, I don't think that this is something that Mira would do, but I think that's that would be a potential varied activation. Like, oh, fuck. But yeah. then again, he needs something to sacrifice. Yeah, well, the thing is, if Guts is going to sacrifice someone, it would have to be Casca, you know, the one yeah. he cares about the most. But Casca has already been sacrificed, so he can sacrifice her again. It's also, I mean, even beyond You're going that, to double hell. Yeah, <laughs> even even beyond that, it's very, like, you know, contradictory of his character. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. It would damage, even even just, like, the, the Barret actually activating and him being given the choice would already be damning for his character. And... So, you know, I, I always thought the berry wouldn't be used in this way because it doesn't make sense and I don't think it's a very interesting development because, you know, at this point, like, for Gods being an apostle would, you know, actually lessen his opportunities to fight the Gonan. It would le- also lessen his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But the but thing is, I think, that, damaged. I think that Barrett is... Sort of like a Chekhov's gun situation. It's got it. Something's got to happen with this well, silly, silly I mean, little thing. Yeah, maybe he throws it at Griffith and bumps him on the head, and he gets a big. Ricker has to throw. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> it's it's you know I I mean um, I'm surprised we haven't talked about that before, but yeah, I mean Zebrahit obviously has a you know important part to play. Yeah, there's. But yeah. I don't think he's going to yeah to play that part specifically, like being activated. I think. So my thought on the on the topic is Beherit has been associated with Puck for a long time, and so it's supposed to be like Beherit is uh, something that is just following the will of the leader of evil, which is the uh, being that sent it into the world. You know, when yeah. Griffith cries, you see the Beherits rise up from that primordial sea, uh, very deep in the astral world. So You're not the here. idea is that it's it's following what the leader of evil wants through causality, so that you know at the right time. The right person has it in their hand to sacrifice someone, but because Puck has been fucking with it for so long, it's kind of, you know, dissociated for the idea of evil. <sighs> that's my, that's okay. my thought. Okay. And so, I, I see, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I thought you were heading to the direction of like, oh, it's obviously Puck's there <laughs> this time. And now, no, no. I mean, no in a way it is, but not well, in me. Yeah, in the, the, you know, wacky comedy berserk. Yeah. yeah. But think about something. You look at the back of a basic volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking the Beherit. Oh, fuck. Here. Yeah, I think it, the Shit. Beherit's purpose being okay. subverted would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fight Guts versus Femto. Whatever, whatever. Puck drops the Beherit. Something happens. Blah, blah, blah. Boom, boom. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, at that moment, at the, you know, the convergence of times when, you know, the impossible can happen, the unpredicted can occur, it spins things on the head and that's how, how that plays a part in Femto being yeah. defeated mm. together with, you know, Gatson and maybe that's how they managed to split them off together, whatever. You know, that's the kind of thing where I can tell you, you know, a, a rough picture of what I imagine would happen, but to actually, you know, get the perfect final thing, you need the genius of someone like Kentaro Mura. So, mm. you know, my guess is as far as the continuation is concerned, not sure we're going to see the buried get used. Not <laughs> sure we're going to see any of that happens. Oh, that's sad. It honestly all depends on whether Mura told Mori about it uh, 25 years ago, basically. So. Right. like 25 fucking years ago. Yeah. Bro. That's right, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I mean, he told him the end when he was doing the eclipse. Right. Presumably, yeah. he didn't like giving updates on who it was going, so... I, I imagine that he gave him, like, little... They, like, they oh, stayed yeah. in contact, but it's yeah, unclear I mean, beyond that point. I mean, they, they discussed, and even from what Maurice said, they discussed, like, uh, you know, big part of the stories that were ongoing, you know, girl was like, oh, I'm going to do this, what do you think? Yeah. But it's not like he was like, okay, so now my new plan for the ending or, you know, my endings that I planned with Guts versus Femto, Shuriki is going to do this, he's always going to do that. He's, he, he didn't tell him stuff like that. You know, it, it's not realistic. It's more like, hmm, do you think uh, Smash should stay with the group a bit more until the island? Or I was thinking of doing this and Mori could tell him, oh, yeah, why not? It could be good. This is the kind of talk they had. It's not Probably, like... Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think, just to be clear, Maury said where Mira left things was consistent with the outline that Mira had shared with him. Yeah. Uh, years okay. ago. He said, right. I, I never saw, ever since he told me that, I never saw anything to make me think he had changed his mind. Right. So it's, it's like, it's very... It's never... Uh, I know for sure. It's more like, I never saw anything that made me think he had changed his mind. So, mm. you know, it's... Uh, if you read the actual wording, it, it is very prudent. He's not saying that he knows for sure anything like that. So it's, again, one of the reasons why I'm like telling people, like, uh, hold off your horses, you know, mm-hmm. cool yeah. down, do not expect too much, you know, do not risk being disappointed. We'll get people people on Twitter are very excited. Yeah, well, I mean, people on Twitter are also not uh, buying the actual stuff. So. <laughs> well, they're going to have to start paying for Twitter itself soon. So. Oh, yeah, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, they won't be, they'll be excited on uh, Tumblr or yeah. whatever, whatever is left of... Uh, Yahoo you know. Messenger. Yeah. You can find me at Gobbleatula and Blue Sky. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be excited on Blue Sky. Yeah, I mean, it's... But yeah, anyway... I, was, I don't I, even use it. God, I have it, though. Yeah, I didn't reach on Blue Sky. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm too old for that. I'm anti-social anti, uh, networks. I'm getting to that age. I I'm, find I'm sticking I'm... to discussion forums. Maybe I'll go back to Usenet. I'm sticking <laughs> to touching grass, as the kids say. <laughs> I'm, this may be my last social media. Yeah, Just Let, let's let's go back to uh, IRC. Uh, let's go back. Loves. I loved IRC. Yeah. I am an America Online man myself. Damn. AOL chat rooms. Uh, Walter and I used to speak on uh, AIM nice. for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. We all hey, did. That's how, yeah, yeah, that's how I talked to you for years. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. does this mean, ass? What are you talking about? <laughs> that was a good service. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Anyway, as for what's going to happen next, uh, I don't know. I'm guessing 
next episode. It all depends, you know, that's what's complicated is that this episode, we got almost no development. It's basically yeah. the same thing as the last one, except now we know record is there. So it's like they added, like they could have been done in one more page. They could have done one page and, and that would be it. Yeah. So like it could move, it could, like they could compress the story and move it super far or they could also just do 20, 22 pages and it, it barely moves the needle. So I'm guessing, yeah, there's going to be something where Guts, again, Guts has to come out of his current state. Now he's being chained up and, and pulled and taken somewhere for God knows what. We know Rickard is there and Silatidal is there. I, previously, I, I don't even... Not if, so what? I don't mean to be mean, but like, is there any reason for this episode to exist except for no. the last two pages? So no. if that's the case, then I'll say the mean part. This episode shouldn't exist. They should have had those structurally, the way they're telling the story, that reveal should have happened last episode. Otherwise, you're just wasting our fucking time. As and I had a conversation about this before the co- the podcast about why the pacing is so slow. Uh, I was kind of wondering aloud, and I'm wondering what you guys think about um, Hakusensha or basically the powers that be or maybe Mori himself, I'm not sure, somehow di- dictating what the projected uh, events will be in a given volume, uh, and then them trying to fill in the gaps to mm. make it a full volume. Because that's the only thing that I, I can think of, is having, yeah. the, having the volume on the shelf looking like the rest of the Berserk volumes. Right, I And get then what you're wanting saying. to pad that out, because, I mean, let's be real, people <clears throat> are making money off of the series being published. Yeah. People are putting bread on the table, so they want to continue this at a certain point. Say, okay, we want to do, let's say, five more volumes. The pacing, I don't know if it would be faster or not. Uh, I don't know if events would occur quicker. I think it would just certainly be way more interesting, uh, I guess, and make more sense. Uh I think. Because Mira, it's not like he's zipped through events. Uh, I, I think that we, we certainly would have gotten more dialogue between Guts and Griffith. Yeah. Uh, during their... I, we, we certainly would have gotten more, like... I don't know. Cool shots and cinematic uh, environmental storytelling type stuff happening. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think that Mira, like, it's like every panel had a purpose. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he could make episodes longer because he filled it with so much good yeah, stuff. Yeah, because he actually had something to say that, that had, um, like, meaning, had a reason to be there. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that, I don't know, I don't know, I... I, I I don't think that it would the pacing would be faster. I, I think that the pacing is where it. I don't know. I can't even say, but it's probably close to where it would be. But uh, we would just give it a better presentation. You know, if if we are real, I would say like Mira Mira's uh, was did very dense storytelling. Yeah, like you said, every panel had a purpose, and if you were real. It was even too dense for like the average reader. That's why a lot of people miss details because 
if you just flip the pages and you know you just skim it kind of you read it quickly you're gonna miss stuff mm. and that's why you have people who tell you oh i've read the story five times and then they've missed like you know pretty important stuff even though they, they tell you they've read it five times because it was very dense to the point of being too dense for for people and what we have here is uh the opposite of that basically You've got long episodes, but there's very little information in them. A yeah. lot of a lot of filler is what people call filler. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and as to your point, uh, Grail, which is basically like his actions are greedy and telling them to kind of stretch it. You know, uh, I would I would love to say, oh, they'd never do that. My reaction would be like, oh, I mean, Shimada is uh, is at the top now. He would never condone that stuff, but you know, what do I know? Maybe, honestly, what do I know? I don't know shit, so who knows? Yeah, could be. Uh, I'd like to think not, and I'd like to think Mori wouldn't do that. So I, I prefer to think it's more of a, like, you know, poor execution and kind of, I, I want I don't want to say incompetence, but you know, lack of skill and so on. I prefer to think it's that rather than just wanting to make money at the same time. Uh, I was speaking just a couple of days to a random guy who told me he was a fan of Berserk. And uh, so he was like, oh, it's too bad. You know what happened with Mira? And so I was like, yeah, man, like we're all depressed about it. It's been two years. You know, I'm I'm still depressed about it. And he was like, yeah, but I heard uh, his friend, uh, he's got he's got some stuff. And they're going to be able to continue. I was like, did you read uh, any of these uh, new episodes? And he was like, no. And so I said, well, you know. You know, tone down your your hopes because it's it's gonna be like it's bad. Well, we have yeah I yeah. Have. I'm not gonna repeat what I tell told him, but uh, you know, I implied it was bad. And and so the thing is, a lot of people just buy the volumes, like the actual fans. Yeah. Uh, people like you mentioned on Twitter or whatever. These guys they're just reading online scans. You know? Yeah. They're not buying the magazine. They're not buying the volumes. They don't care. They're just like they're reading that and they go read Chainsaw Man and they go read One Piece, mm-hmm. and, and they've got like I don't know twenty series and then they watch you know ten Netflix series that downloaded. Damn, these people you know, sound cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not judging. I'm just saying these are not the actual audience that buys the stuff. Yeah. The main fans are people who just buy the volumes at the library or whatever. Right. They don't read the magazines and all. These these are like the. The people who got Berserk to 55 uh, million volumes. Yeah, sold. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, you know, that to, to get back to what you were saying, uh, Grail, yeah, maybe. Maybe they're trying to get five volumes out of it because, you know, five, you know, times a million, that's the five millions more sold. Who knows? I, I can't, I can't say. I mean, while you know we're on. While we're on wild speculations. Uh, episode 373 is likely where volume 42 ends. And so 374 will be the start of volume 43. So uh, maybe they felt they had to recap what happened in the last uh, volume. Uh, They've there, never uh, done it before. Mura, Mura's never done that. I, I know. Mean, we, got, we got sometimes like one page mm-hmm. yep. that showed something from another angle. And that happened like, uh, you know, three times in the series. And that yeah. was like one page. So, yeah. I think lack of precedent is not necessarily a proof against anything. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely not. Given, given all the retconnings. Look doing, at these guys' yeah. faces, man. At the end of 373, it's just, <laughs> man. These guys are going to be friends in the next episode. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hopefully they're not dead. The guy yeah. licking his knife just had peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, yeah. God bless him. <laughs> I mean, why not use the same knife for the jelly and the peanut butter? <laughs> I was licking I mean, the jelly off. He, he, that, the guy licked another knife in this episode. Oh, they're, my God. They're big on that licking. must hungry. Yeah. Just yeah. a big PBJ fan club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a dude with his tongue out, too. There's lots of tongues. <laughs> it's time to... It's time to have a bloodless yeah, takeover. They're just, they're just mouse breezers. It's because they've got a problem with that nasal cavity. Like, don't yeah. be haters, guys. Okay? Yeah, listen. Okay? I don't right. think I was the only one that thought, oh, maybe they're just being mind-controlled. And that's why they have no pupils. That'll explain oh. that. Oh, wait, but they're all acting like individuals. Oh. Yeah. And also, up, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, Familia's worked with Ganishka's fog and... yeah. Like, it doesn't work in a million ways. But then again, just because it doesn't make any sense doesn't mean it's not going to be what happens. Sure. Because that's, that's what it is now. It's like, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Sure, why not? What What's sure is I expect... I do expect this to lead at some point to Guts, uh, like, getting out of his, you know, current condition. Whether the armor activates or he gets crazy, whether Griffith just slaps him, whether they tell him... Because I can be saved or whatever, uh, because who knows? Maybe it might be like that. Oh, we got someone inside the Falconia, which would be Luca, who told us that Casca uh, is being held there. We can rescue her. Uh, and, and then I expect after they've sold that for it to just cut to them arriving at the continent, basically. That's so, not uh, that far fetched anymore with the arrival of Silat and Rickert, honestly. Yeah. They fulfilled the one solid thing we knew that would happen pre-Falconia. So, yeah. honestly, anything goes. And, you know, I think... So, thinking back to what Maurice said originally, is that he wouldn't add stuff to the story. And you might say, like, there's a lot of filler going on. And because they've changed the characters and changed so on, there's a lot of stuff that's actually being added. So, his statement, in many ways, is false. At the same time, if you think about just like, if you, you know, really distill it down to, you know, the purest and barest plot points, it is true he's doing it, things very starkly. It's like, you know, Griffiths takes Casca away, island destroyed, Gus is sad, Rickert and Silat meet up, they get back to the continent, get Casca back, final confrontation. So, and then it's just, you know, based on this very, uh, say, bare, you know, bare plot points, they had to meet that the assistant bring in because, hey, you know, we're going to make 20 pages here. So well, let's show a guy pulling a lever, you know, arpon shooting in the air. We see the waves. We see the fog. Some guy jumping through a window. Some guy leaking his life. So it's, it's all just, you know, uh, dressing for, yeah, on top of these plot points. I just noticed that Guts has a really pointy butt. Yeah, the, the yeah, armor yeah. to his ass there, yeah. Yeah, they keep doing it, yeah, probably because he's got some, I mean, he's got that's, some... That's probably true. It's probably what he has there, but... He's got some armor there, but yeah. still, it, it is still, it's, it's not well done, honestly. I mean, maybe this is just the most comfortable way to lie down because of the armor. You just face first, plop down. Maybe, mm-hmm. that's maybe just, this is how he sleeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. See, what's with the rats? Yeah, the rats have been in the last couple episodes. I thought they were just like window dressing, but now I'm like, eh, maybe Daiba can control snakes. Maybe Daiba it's, can control it's that. It's Conrad spying on them. Conrad, oh. yeah, for sure. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I thought it was that. Guts that was eating those apples at first. Like, at least he's staying healthy. I don't <laughs> think it is, though. 
It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just dumb. Well, we're going to call it a wrap there. Um, 375 is not All right, Jens, that's your cue. You're going to wrap now. It's time to wrap, 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 wrap. Yo, the continuation really fucking sucks. We're really negative and suck my nuts. And <laughs> Sorry. That's all I got. A little Cheech preview here. Isn't that what it's saying? Yeah. Cheech? Yeah, I. Oh, is it? I, I'm sorry. I can't. actually can't read Catacana very well. Uh, it's, uh, you know, so, you know, Cheech, when she explained what she got to, her name, she says, it's a rat who named yeah. her. And it's totally. because. In Japanese, the the sound of a rat is like chichi, you know, mm-hmm. chichi, chichi. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's like think of the sound a mouse would make, and it it kind of sounds like that. It's like a squeal, you know, and so that's where her name comes from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, so that's why it's the same, um, similar in this case. Oh no, I'm just that was a little joke about. Yeah, uh, sorry, it's just like a boring guy's explanation. Oh, it's it's very humorless, educational. All right, everybody, we don't have a date for 375. We will be back for the (laughs) Volume 31 Part 2 reread in a couple weeks. Uh, So make time for that, and we'll be back uh, for that. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Skullcast is a production of Skullnight.net, a Berserk fan community. If you like what you heard, please visit patreon.com slash sknet. Donations there do not go towards the podcast, but instead toward our resident translator, Puela, who ensures that our members have access to high-quality, text-based translations of Berserk. Puela has also been translating interviews with Berserk's creator, Kentaro Miura. Many of these interviews have never been translated into English, so it's very exciting to read those. That kind of work simply wouldn't have happened without support from our donors. If you'd like to chip in a buck or two, Please know that it all helps. Once again, that's patreon.com slash sknet. If you have a question or want to comment on the podcast, visit our forum, skullnet.net slash forum. Near the top, you'll see a section devoted to the podcast. There's always an active thread in there, so go ahead, leave a post, and someone's sure to respond quickly. Thanks for listening.